Hello, and welcome to Why Distance Learning. My name is Seth Fleischauer with Banyan Global Learning. And today we have a unique episode of the podcast where we will be talking to many people from the CILC Pinnacle Education Collaborative. This is a meeting that happens once per month with many of the content providers in the CILC network. And this month, we decided to press record and ask them a couple of our favorite questions from the podcast. This will be a two-part episode. Uh, The first one is this one, and there will be another one released in a couple weeks. And in this episode, we will be asking the content providers to describe a golden moment that they've had teaching over live video conferencing. It's a really special group of people who have deep and meaningful uh, experiences in this medium. And we are excited to present to you today their thoughts and stories about their golden moments in distance learning. So... Buckle up, and here it comes. Okay, welcome everybody to a very, very, very special edition of the podcast, Wide Distance Learning. We are here with the CILC Pinnacle Education Collaborative. This is a group of content providers that meet once per month to discuss all sorts of issues around distance learning. And we thought, what an amazing opportunity for us to have them here with us on the podcast and ask them just two questions. It's just two questions today, but it's two of our favorite questions. Uh, These are questions that we ask people who've been on the podcast before, two of whom are here in the room with us, Jason Robertshaw and Jasmine Poor. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Um, And uh, these two questions are, well, actually, I'm going to toss it to to Jason and Jasmine. What do you think we're going to ask? How much and how little? (laughs) (laughs) oh for two oh for two jason oh boy i don't know anything the world is open and available to all of the questions (laughs) so one of the questions is the name of our podcast which is why distance learning right this is a question that uh that a lot of us need to answer sometimes, right? Like uh, people want, especially now, uh, post-pandemic, they want these uh, IRL learning experiences. And uh, we're we're found, we find ourselves answering that question for people uh, more often than we don't, right? So, so that's a question that I think each of us has thought about. And I'd love to hear your perspective about what you think is so magical and special about this, uh, this medium. And then the other question is about golden moments. We've all had those moments as teachers where there's been something that happens that uh, is just so magical that uh, that lets us know that what we're doing is exactly what we should be doing. It gives you that feeling that uh, that you've you've come to the right place and you're doing exactly what you've been called to do. Um, and so I want to hear some of those golden moments first. Uh, if you have an idea, you can just jump on in. And if you want to uh, raise your hand, I can also call on people that way. Um, but does anybody have a golden moment that they would like to share with our podcast listeners? And as you're sharing, we would love if you could say your name and the institution or organization or the field that you represent, just so that all of our wonderful listeners can learn a little bit more about you. Yay, Corinne! 
It's one that I have shared a number of times. And by the way, my name is Karine Davidson-Taylor. I'm with Royal Botanical Gardens in Ontario, Canada. And it's one that comes back to me every single time. And I do a program called Creatures with Wings and Crawly Things. And yes, it includes insects and other things. And you never know what the reaction is going to be with some students. And you might hear the, ooh, and you might hear the, oh. But what I loved is when a teacher emailed me back and what she said was, I can't get them back inside. And that is exactly what I wanted to hear because it meant that we made a connection, the kids made a connection to what, what I was sort of sharing with them and it inspired them to continue to go out and explore. And that's exactly the point of what I'm doing these virtual presentations for is not to be a one-off and the door gets closed, but to open that door so that there is opportunities for more exploration later on. I love that. It is such a, um, uh, I saw a lot of vigorous head nods in the room when you were talking <laughs> about uh, making sure that it's not just a one-off and it's one that has more more lasting impact. I think as people who come into the classroom uh, as, as guests, that's something that we're always striving for. So I love that your story uh, illustrated that. Uh, let's go to Annie next. So hi, my name is Annie Mumgarden. I'm from the University of Nebraska State Museum of Natural History and kind of a little bit on what Karin said, but um, did a program recently. And then the principal, um, we did a, was a school-wide program. And the principal wrote back to me right away afterwards and said, you know, you have to know it works when I could, I could hear all the kids, no matter what table I went to over lunchtime, they were talking about what they had seen and how, and what they had learned. And that was a really great feeling. Um, but there's another moment we do our programs within our galleries and we we're doing a program called uh, Rocks Are Universal. And we we're in our first, our third floor by our rocks. And of course, our, our folks who are visiting our museum, are walking behind us and all of a sudden one young man blurted out he goes are you real and it was like <laughs> yes I'm real and and and, the, and who are those people behind you and so more than once I've introduced the people behind me I'm like because oftentimes if it's a school group they say they get behind you because they want to see the screen I'm looking at so I'll ask the group their name and then I'll introduce them to the kids that I'm talking to and so right there we in our gallery we make that connection one time it was an older couple so I was like you know, these kids want to meet you and they look the kids on the screen. And I'm like, yeah, the kids on the screen want to meet you. And it was a real human interaction, even though we were talking to a flat screen. So um, it's another reason we don't cut off the background behind me so that the kids can one thing see that we are indeed real and we're in a real place and giving them real information and having a real fun time doing it. I love that you incorporate the people in the background as opposed to like when you see a news broadcast and it's someone that's like you're just pretending it's not happening. I like that you're bringing the groups in and making those connections. How beautiful. Katie, go ahead. Yeah. So one moment that always stands out to me was actually when I first started doing distance learning. So I am currently now the School and Public Programs Manager at the UCAR Center for Science Education uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, but uh, when, uh, when I first started doing distance learning, I was at a big natural history museum. And one of my very first programs that I helped run was actually a live connection to Chell Lindgren, an astronaut aboard the International Space Station. Um, and so it was kind of a real surreal moment for me um, sitting there running that program of like, oh, wow, like 
there's an astronaut up in space right now, floating there with his microphone sitting next to him, talking to me and to all these students that we have connected. Um, and it's one of my favorite stories that I heard from a teacher afterwards um, who shared with us that one of her students the entire time swore that it was fake and a green screen um, <laughs> that this astronaut talking to them. Um, and then the astronaut Chell was demonstrating how sponges work in space and uh, was, you know, had a little container of water, that pouch of water that he was squirting out to get the water with his little washcloth. Uh, but he messed up and he actually had too much water start floating around and it started kind of floating off. <laughs> into the International <laughs> Space Station. So he was kind of panicked, um, gathering all of the water droplets to not make a huge mess. And it was during that moment when there was kind of this, this mess up, if you will, that the student apparently stood up in the middle of the class and just like screamed out at the screen and was like, oh my gosh, this is real. And so it's those kind of like connection moments that I love hearing of this platform that can sometimes seem maybe it's impersonal or less interactive or less real. Um, and that seeing those students make those connections um, just makes it worth it. That's so funny because I I always think about you know the difference between live video and recorded video, right? Like we all do live video, and part of what brings that human element to it is the mistakes, right? <laughs> the, the like the imperfections. That's how we that's how we know it's real, right? It's so cool. What a wonderful story, Brandon. How about you? Hey y'all, I'm a piggyback off that last answer because it just sparked a. Great story in my mind. So uh, Brandon Hall of Learn Around the World. And we take classrooms around the globe and introduce them to new places and cultures. And one of my favorite questions I've ever received, speaking of live, right, mm -hmm. is, is, you know, these are young, curious minds. And uh, we were doing a program based in Indonesia. And one of our students came on and said, dude, do they have astronauts? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. And it has nothing to do with the topic that we're discussing right now. But that's a completely valid question for a second grader, right? They want to know, do they have astronauts? Throwing it back to your astronaut story. And, uh, and I just think that's what's so special about live, right? You get those moments, you get the mistakes, you get the hiccups. But we all know this between watching a recording webinar and being there live. Right, you'll sit through a live one, but you won't sit through a recorded recorded one, especially if it's not entertaining you. Uh, and I think that's the magic of it. Did you ever find out the answer to that question about their astronaut program? If there is an astronaut program, I just wonder. I don't believe they have an astronaut program. I okay. don't know if how many and who has gone up because I know countries that have astronaut programs they do collaborations with other countries and invite. Um, astronaut. So um, I don't know. And you know what? Um, should have gone in late. Maybe Jasmine. Has no, I just, I just was wondering. But Jasmine, I see. Go ahead. And, go ahead. So um, all of you guys have sparked ideas. But one of the things that I think that you said, Seth, that really resonated, and I'm Jasmine Poor from Rupert Mountain Science Center in Greenville, South Carolina, is our job as educators is now to teach kids how to think. Yes, we are specialists, but them understanding that we don't know all of the things, but you know what? We are smart enough to figure out where to find the things. And by modeling that for them, I think we give more value than us having all of the answers. Because if we just profess ourselves as specialists all the time, then they're not going to know how to figure it out when they don't have access to us. So I think that there is such value for that live environment of saying, you know, I get asked, what is the biggest butterfly? I teach a butterfly program. And 
these kids are like, what is the biggest butterfly? What's the oldest butterfly? And it's, I mean, there's 17,500 different species of butterflies. <laughs> and I don't, you know, now I have all those questions written down as I've like, I seriously have a file folder that has all of the questions so that I don't have to always look them up. But I think that there's value of, you know what? I don't know that. Let me look that up for you. And I will actually do it sometimes if I have the time on the program. Um, And I think that, you know, the more that we can also encourage the kids to look it up, and that's kind of where my my aha moment comes in or my golden moment is I actually just got an email today and, you know, I've kind of closed my virtual field trip portion of my job right now because we're in summertime, but I got an email from a content, um, from somebody who had booked multiple programs. And she said, I just want to thank you so much. You gave the same program. It was actually two different programs to multiple classes at her school. And she said, not a single one was the same. You adapted to the audience and they are all still talking. So I went all the way from teaching the same essentially lesson to a group of not quite nonverbal special education students all the way up to teaching to their um, second graders. And the the different levels. And she said, just the way that you are able to adapt, you really engage the students. And that to me is the feedback that I want to hear. I want to hear that they're talking about it at the lunch table. They're talking about it at the dinner table, you know, and they're researching and thinking about it later. So that's really um, where they can make those connections. And I know that that learning is taking place. I love that. It's, um, I feel like so many of us, again, as like special event educators, we want to be that thing that people are talking about, right? That they that they go to the lunch table and talk about. And it's it's kind of uh, the greatest measure of success is does the conversation keep going? Um, Kelly, how about you? There I am. Sorry, Kelly Saracena from Longwood Gardens. Um, the connection is the absolute takeaway, I think, for all of us. For us, we teach to a lot of kids that are in the area that may not necessarily get a chance to come here. When they do and they recognize some of our distance presenters, it's totally amazing. They feel like rock stars, which is super cool, right? (laughs) But just the takeaway, we have teachers saying to us, even though we couldn't be there, you made us feel like we were. And how do you do that with a public garden, right? How do you show kids flowers and trees or anything else that it is that we hear all as part of the podcast? can do for each other. It's it's a great way to expose kids to things they might not get a chance to see. Yeah, and that's so lucky to be able to have that experience with the local students and being able to see that rock star moment for your teachers um, that are on site, but also for them to interact with what you made them digitally prepared for is so, so special. And also that those digital experiences can prepare any student for those uh, in-person moments to just better engage and be better prepared for those interactions. Jess, what about you? So I'm Jess Meadows. I'm the education programs manager uh, for Fort Monroe. And I think going back to like what Jasmine was saying about even uh, kind of seeing seeming as we know it all, but having the kids realize we don't and even kind of the biggest authority figures that they can think of and edu- showing that they don't always have the answers and they're learning at the same time has been one of the really big golden moments for me. Um, we did a special program with the governor of Virginia and uh, we had uh, students from across the state on uh, our pl- on our virtual learning platform, and then the governor here with us, but other members of his staff 
Um, and he was learning right along with them. And so really to showcase that an adult that they think is supposed to know it all because he's the one in charge of the state was extremely eye-opening for them. And I think it was also so empowering for the teachers to take back with them that they could build on it and say, you had such an impact in learning with the governor today. And how much did you learn and how much can you continue to learn just like he is on a day-to-day -day basis? And so it's it's so massive to be able to reach out to those students that can't come here physically to us to give them their own aha moments of, oh my gosh, like I may be a fourth grader, but I'm also learning something that the person who's in charge of my state or somebody that's in this authority position is also learning and didn't have the background for. He was learning simply about the fact that the cowrie shell was a main form of currency for Western African civilizations for centuries. And we find those cowrie shells in our daily culture here today because of the diaspora that happened through the Atlantic slave trade. But it was so impactful to understand how that connection was made that they could continue with their learning. And so really it's those moments that I think continues to drive our desire to reach not just students across Virginia uh, for us here, but for other states getting that narrative out and kind of expanding the horizon from there. It's such a great uh, story that illustrates the power of the medium, right? Like the, the, the ability to connect with someone like the governor who is not going to be able to go around every single school and visit every single kid, super busy guy, right? Uh, but to be able to use the medium to connect to him to make it that much more convenient for him to have an impact on the students uh, just speaks to, to the, the power and ease of what we do. Um, I'm realizing uh, with these wonderful answers that we've got from, from this panel here um, that uh, this is probably going to be uh, like part one of part two uh, of, two, <laughs> of two parts. Um, lastly, with this part, uh, I'd love to hear from Mark. Do you have uh, a golden moment you'd like to share? Yeah, I, uh, well, there, I'm kind of thinking back over the last 15 years, there have been many I'm Mark with Born to Move Movement Adventures. And uh, one of the things that I've been marveled at in the development of the, the content that I provided is how through developing of different levels of investigation and of learning that I can sort of on the fly adjust to the age range and for example, of course, if it's a younger, and I generally focus on third through 12, three through 12, the younger ones I find are not quite so integrated into that cohort, but that the younger ones love to move and I always do that. And that's great. Just keep them moving. <laughs> but then you can use that same material and build on it even up to the high school age where you can introduce critical thinking. So they're they're really active, and and then they can also take an, a larger view of how what we're we're looking at uh, connects in the world. And I to me that's that's the kind of magic. I think also of this yoga at the pond, which is the program I've been working on recently, um, and it came from my own experience of liking to go. Uh, during the summer to the local Oneida Indian Reservation where they have a, a pond that people can access and doing yoga there. 
And so I started taking some pictures and I thought, well, this could be the premise for, you know, I'm not, I can't build a field trip around this, but I can use the pictures and talk about connecting with nature. And, and, you know, so encouraging as we're doing yoga. One of the students, a young man named Keshav, he was very limited mobility and, and, you know, he tried to do yoga with us. But I found that the, the greatest connection with him is when I started coaching breathing and circular breathing. And I would say, inhale for three counts, now exhale for four counts. And so they're following with me. And pretty soon he got in the pattern. Whenever I say inhale, he'd go, exhale. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun because he was actually, he is really genuinely interacting with my stimulus and my, you know, my instruction. And so I just kind of played along with it and, you know, he became part of the teaching platform. But I love that because, and it, it was great for everybody. That's wonderful to think about how you do meet so many different groups of students in one day and you have to just be ready to be flexible. And it's also really fun to hear about distance learning programs where you're getting up and moving and that's the the kinesthetic is a really big part and intention of the program. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing and especially about incorporating your golden moment with you know friends that are getting involved in the ways that they can and um, the ability to be able Able to you know engage them the way that they feel like they're part of the group. So that's a really beautiful part of distance learning and the different groups you get to meet. And Jason, how about you? What's your what's one of your golden moments? Well, I've had a couple of crazy moments, but you're right. It's kind of cool. Uh, this is Jason here from Moat Marine Laboratory in Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> and those weird <laughs> moments when you get recognized, it's so strange because uh, most of the day, uh, distance learning educators were in these little boxes uh, deep inside <laughs> the buildings trying to be soundproof and away from all the activity and noise. And then we come out to the light. And uh, again, my uh, former colleague, Casey from Earth Echo, had this incredible moment. We're leading a group of uh, summer campers out over by the uh, Manatee and uh, Dolphin and Whale Hospital. And uh, she's talking to them, and you know she has a very distinctive voice. And uh, somebody leans over and says, are you Casey Gaylord? And yep, sure enough, it was one of our teachers from up north who had come down on vacation and recognized <laughs> her just from the sound of her voice. And so they had a great uh, little mini reunion there. And that happens on occasion. It's pretty cool when that happens. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's like that feeling of um of like uh, seeing your your teacher at the grocery store or whatever like you exist. You exist outside <laughs> of the box I put you in. Uh, <laughs> uh thank you so much for the answers to that question. I'm sure there are like a thousand more where those came from, which is part of what's so beautiful about all of this. Um, we are going to have a part two to this where we will talk about our answers to the question, why distance learning? So please stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you so much to all of the contributors here. I mean, just looking around this room, I imagine we have like uh, cumulatively probably like over 100 years of experience in distance learning, which is pretty crazy. Um, but uh Please do check the show notes where we will have links to all of these amazing places that these people teach from. Uh, and you can go there to uh, to learn more and to, uh, if you'd like to book programs, they are on CALC.org. Um, if you want to support this podcast, please go and rate it or leave us a review. That is something that really helps us out. And if you want to know the answer to this titular question, why distance learning? 
learning. Check out the people that we that we highlight here. Uh, these are the people who are leveraging this amazing technology to truly transform the learning experience. Why distance learning? Because it's nothing but awesome. See you next time.